What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. Another episode of Horror Movie Night. This week we're talking about 1987's My Demon Lover. Whoa, congrats, <laughs> Matt. He was really worried that he was gonna say demon like usual. Demon. Demon. Oh. Demon. Um guys, I wanna I know this was a Kyle pick, but I need to start this off with an email. And this was oh. an email we got from 2020 Hell yeah. from a listener named Bert. Uh, Bert. Hopefully, Bert, hopefully you're still listening. He wrote, Hey guys. Just wanted to say thanks for an amazing podcast. I'm not currently caught up, but I've been listening my way to and from work solely to you magnificent bastards. My brothers and I used to regularly have a cheesy movie night and discuss them afterwards. This was all before us moving to separate cities and following our own paths. Your commentaries, jokes, and appreciation are very similar to in taste to our own. So on top of the films themselves, it brings me back to a sense of family nostalgia. I also really dig all the references you make. You've turned me on to a ton of movies that I've overlooked and music that I never would have given a chance. With all that being said, I wanted to throw in a suggestion for you. I know y'all, yes, I'm from Texas, and yes, it's as bad as Katie describes it, enjoyed picking movies that are appropriately themed around events and holidays. So my recommendation is one Valentine's Day, you should do My Demon Lover with Scott Valentine as the lead. It's technically not a horror movie by most standards. This shit is all over the place, from thriller, horror, whodunit, to a romantic comedy. Practical effects go from shoddy to pretty fucking spectacular. And there's more absurd plot holes in WTF moments than you can shake a stick at. Like, why does a real demon need a fake demon hand? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to spoil it if you haven't seen it. But for Valentine's Day, a movie called My Demon Lover... Starring Scott Valentine. I mean, how can you go wrong? It's worth a watch either way. Keep up with your amazing show, and I truly appreciate you guys for all the laughs. And of course, we would release this episode on February 15th. We missed Valentine's <laughs> Day by one day, but here we are here. anyway. This is our Valentine's Day episode for those who forgot, also forgot or missed Valentine's Day yesterday. Uh, this is for you. You can yeah, still, still test your sweetie by having them listen to this. Honey, <laughs> sit down. We're going to watch a movie and listen to what Scott, Matt, and Kyle have to say after. Why am I yeah. first in line? um i i was really i i remember that email now uh and i know that we had talked about doing this for the show a couple of times and i think specifically to try to loop it into valentine's day or february um i've never seen it what about y'all 
This was my first watch. This is I had the VHS PS copy waiting for mm-hmm. when we eventually picked this. Guys. Demon lover, it's my demon lover, awful. it's my demon. <laughs> what? <laughs> this, is, this is a terrible movie. I mean, It's a look, bad movie. I'm going to watch it a lot, but it's yeah, a bad okay, movie. Okay, okay, there we go. Also, mm-hmm. I, you know, I missed my big opportunity. I'm going to just do it here. But the whole time I was watching this movie, this movie has a pretty stellar soundtrack of songs by artists that have never had another song in their yeah. life. But mm-hmm. all I kept waiting for was, I want my demon lover so I don't have to deem alone. <laughs> and it never happened. I'm so glad you sang it. I yeah, I was. I, I, did, Scott, did you have a did you have a demon lover song that was that you put the words into? No, I feel like such a fucking. This? idiot because you guys no. each have one and I did I could have easily figured something out just I, anything with dreams dream are made of these I don't know yes yeah, sweet dreams I'm demon <laughs> demon is free there you go we got a whole new soundtrack for this I was thinking of dreams by blonde by cranberries um, yeah. also weren't there like cranberries in her sandwich or something like oh no those were gozeberries uh yeah are you talking about the Fruit burger? A fruit burger, yeah. You got Is that the name burger? of a drink? <laughs> Fresh fruit. <laughs> yeah. very and um... I cracked open a lover boy. Dude, I almost bought lover boy, but I did not want six. This is fucking terrible, by the way. I know. You don't want We are circling the drain on having the same drink here, Scott. Yeah, we are so very close. close. This is like a few weeks in a row. So, yeah. this, that's a, that so what I'm hearing close. is that Scott will have five lover boys to give away at yes, Creature Feature Weekend. I fucking will. Oh, <laughs> and, I, and I will have my demon lover on VHS at Creature Feature Weekend. So we'll have plenty of stuff from this episode yes. to have at our table. Um, the problem Guys, with lover boy is strictly me. The flavor is great. It's got monk fruit extract in it, and I hate monk fruit and stevia. Oh. They taste yeah, like yeah. ass. So, so yeah. that's what. Li- but listeners, if you, it's actually a quite a nice. It's white tea, white tea peach with lavender and mm. then booze. Um, but I mean, it actually, <laughs> if, if, if it was sweetened with natural, like with with yeah. actual peach juice, it'd be fantastic. So there you go, guys. I have a quick question for you. Early on in this movie, um, have you ever seen an actor? less aware on how to play a saxophone than Scott Valentine because this motherfucker is deep-throating this mouthpiece. Well, the thing the is, is that I, I assumed that that was on purpose, <laughs> that he was a bad saxophonist. <laughs> the only saxophone I will accept is in um, Lost Boys. Uh, Lost Boys. I you going to say Scott sure. music. Uh, no, like, I don't even think uh. it's... You don't need a fucking saxophone player in your ska band. You need a, a trumpet player and a trombone player, and that's it. Yeah. If you have the Sorry, sax just, player, I, no one cares. Well, because the sax is a woodwind instrument. It's not yeah. a brass instrument, even though it's brass. Like yeah. it's so. It's it's woodwind take, literally you know, means it has a reed, right? Yeah, it has a wood yes, reed. Correct. Yeah. So you know the sax don't count. I no, used to. Saxes, I mean, I learned that. As saxes old. are. Yeah. Or woodwinds. The, There's a or sax. woodwind. That's what I meant. A... They don't count as brass, so they, they have no yes, place yes. in Scott yeah. music. Yeah, because oh wow, is that is the brass. weirdest gatekeep I've ever heard it's, come out of your mouth. It's trumpet and trombone. <laughs> yeah, that's it. This is, you this can have a tuba player has... up in there before Kyle will allow a saxophone to get up on that stage. A tuba player in a ska band. <laughs> like... Yeah, I listened to impression that I get once. I said, get Listen, this poser skull music out of my up. ears. Yeah. Pick, pick it up. up. <laughs> speaking of the saxophone, though, speaking of the saxophone, my favorite scene in this entire movie, in this entire movie, is the montage scene where the film is really struggling to convince us that yeah. these two are a cute couple. Like, it's like them doing, like, cute date things. And I am positive that one of the scenes in this montage is that Chaz is playing the saxophone and Denny seems to be playing an air upright bass. Yes, that was the best part of that montage. I wrote that note down too. It wasn't my favorite scene of the movie, but it was quite I was endearing. Scr- I was like, what is this scene? But what is worked. happening? It made me feel like they were falling in love. So it actually was quite effective. <laughs> they shouldn't have been, they shouldn't. Have, I understand that she came from a pretty rough relationship and you know maybe this grabby guy calling her fruit burger seemed endearing. He's um, a sex offender, by just, the way. <laughs> he's a com- com- complete sex offender. No, he's a um, sex offender. There's a difference. Oh, sex offender. Oh wow! I didn't even mean to set you up for that shit. 
I quit. I'm out. That's what I'm here for, <laughs> baby. It. It's over. It's over. It's over. But, dude, I mean, the, I, I just bad vibes all around. And the... I, I I had fun watching this movie. It was not good, but I had fun watching it. But the thing, the, the biggest problem for me is that I could keep seeing how this movie could have been better. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It was just like all the, every comedy beat was like a second too long. So it yep. takes, like, it just takes everything just kept taking the air out of everything they were putting forward. So I have a quote everything. for you. I have a quote for yes. you, Kyle. TV Guide, in their review said mm-hmm. the following sentence, and I agree with them a thousand percent, is that they think the film was supposed to be satirical, yeah, but instead the script and direction forced it to be taken seriously. Yeah, Because it yes. feels like it it like walks that line of like, oh, this is like making fun of bad rom-coms. Yeah. But like, it also starts off as a bad rom-com. Like, Denny's mm-hmm. first, like, five minutes, I was like, this is off to a rough start, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, her, yeah. like, yeah. chasing down her boyfriend's truck as he's stealing all of her property and then saying, you know what? I think we need to break up. I'm like, that is that is some hacky-ass rom-com writing right out and the gate. <laughs> if they did it in, like, but I could see that if they did it in, like, 95, the way that they would do it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, if, like, almost like a... Like a sort of like Nora Ephron E way so, of doing that is more successful than this sort of just like put like pre- presented. Listen, whatever they walked so, so Nora Ephron could run. It's, well, oh man! So here's oh the thing. There, there's a there's a movie that is Ask a, Nora. There's a movie that is a huge, like a huge hole in my filmmaking watching. Uh, mm-hmm. As a person who loves both rom coms and the state, um, mm. I have never seen. The 2014 Paul Rudd Amy uh, Polar comedy they came together. <laughs> it's so good. Which I hear like, but I think that that's what you're Scott talk about. It is a it is a mocking of the Nora Ephron style rom com starring Paul Rudd, Amy Poehler, uh, Colby Smolders, uh, Bill Hader, and uh, Ellie Kemper. And it's written oh and directed god. by David Wayne and Michael Showalter. Oh my god! That's what I mean. I'm you like, th- okay, I, how have I not wait, seen Kyle, this seen movie? <laughs> yeah, Carly and I saw it in theaters. Okay, it was, do you it think was that my wife, who loves every person, my wife. God, <laughs> Matt, you are never allowed to get fucking married because you'll be even more insufferable when I say that. Just, I, it's not even on purpose. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> god damn it. When Kyle, you've never met yeah. Megan. But you know no. a lot about her. Yeah. So do you, knowing enough about her, my W-I-F-E, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Your spouse. No, and my spouse, thank you. Um, my and- spouse. <laughs> Shut up, Matt. <laughs> no one be Matt's Valentine this year. <laughs> fucking smack his nose with a fucking newspaper. Anyway. I think it's relatively, t- I think it's relatively tame but that's because of the subject matter being romantic like they you know they don't go so like crazy but it's not like, like making mean fun no of the no genre, no no subgenre. no okay. anyway this movie this one is not the game no i was gonna say this I don't is a bad movie, movie. like yeah, I, I don't think this that, movie but has I, it's much not love without towards its, its source material. Yeah, but it, mm-hmm. it does have its moments. That's what I'm saying. It's like, it oh, really listen, is great when, for our show. When Denny yes, punches is. a face and it explodes That's into slime, into, I'm like... nacho cheese. And then yeah. there are like tendrils, like the thing coming out of the head or out of the out of the hole was, where the head was. It that literally, was wild. I, I literally said her smashing the face into slime is worth the price of admission. Yeah. Like, yeah. like that scene alone was like, well, this just earned the movie a star. <laughs> yes. Now we know it's on your letterbox. <laughs> yeah. I gave it Start half a half. star more than Kyle, I think. Yeah, so yeah I, think you did. I think you did too, actually. I think you did too. No, Kyle gave it um, half a star. Oh, Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, dude. I, I, I really, I mean, but it was... At least it was your pick. I don't think it was circumstantial. It was just like it was just a slog for me that day. And like even the effects, the effects couldn't save it. It was the you know we talked last week about it follows being a a pacing movie that you have to deal with. Like to me, this was this was really hard because it's just <laughs> off. It's like watching a movie out of sync. 
You know, it's like watching like audio and video out of sync for me. It's like I was struggling so hard with it. Now, not to say like I loved when Lin Shay popped up. I thought it was so fun. So random. Like again, every time that there's effects, there was a few like true laugh out loud moments for me. There was the one where she kept trying to blow out the lighter as he was trying to light the bomb. Yeah, yeah, that, I liked that. that was just like that's fucking funny. Like that's hysterical. Um, but it didn't do enough for me too. Matt mentioned this that that Charles the the. Um, loser who is constantly hitting on Denny before she meets Kaz and he moves in and then she finds out that he is um, possessed by mm-hmm. a demon um, that was put a, a curse that was put on him by an old woman when he first kissed a girl when he was in junior high um, that comes out whenever he gets aroused which is literally any times he sees a woman. I have been in New York City and I don't think that that would have happened to me. Um, just, I don't think that I would be turning into a demon all day long. Um, you don't think you just come in your pants and become a demon? That, like, that doesn't happen? No, you get a boner and you grow horns. Um, but, so, yeah. like, the whole thing is is that this old woman cursed Kaz when he was 12, let's say. And he's been dealing with this curse for fucking, what? T- let's just say 12 years. Half his life. Yeah. How? So, yeah. Yeah, how, I'm trying how, to think. So how. he was he was in, according to the wiki, he was in middle school. Mm-hmm. Okay, and 12. if he turns, so yeah. if he turns into a demon, every, every time, time he he's horny, in. and he's in he middle school, sur- he would have been burnt <laughs> on a cross, dismembered. Yeah, like he would have had there's an no way he survives this long. But also, a chunk of this movie is that there is a a serial killer named the Mangler, and he thinks that he might be the mangler. And I feel like if I was in those shoes, I'd be like, well, for the first 15 years of my life getting horny <laughs> every wasn't. five seconds, I didn't murder anybody. But the so last I four think months. I'm in the clear. <laughs> like, also, the, the, it doesn't make... So the things that... the I know that this, That's funny this movie that. does not really care about logic. It's no. just about no. gags. Um but the logic of there be there being like so how did how did the mangler not kill um Denny's best friend slash boss's sister or is a cousin sister yeah, I don't I like dude, I, I, I was so super many... confused that there was like a mass murderer when it felt like the police were talking about it as just a a a sex offender which made a lot yeah. more sense that they were getting like beaten yeah. up yeah it doesn't none of it none of it really makes sense and also like i don't know man and then and then let's and how long is this movie taking place like is it the course of a, a week because yeah feels what's like that montage time passing time? like yeah the montage <laughs> yeah. is one day the montage is one day they're all wearing the same clothes oh just my so God. you guys know no wonder they but fell he wears in love. that they jacket the whole time. Yeah, but he doesn't have that many outfit. clothes options. Well, he <laughs> yeah, does. That's true. He he's not the person that I was watching in that scene. It was Denny, and Denny's wearing the same sweater the mm. entire time. So that literally is he he is like, oh, I gotta go, and she's like, why don't you stay? And so yeah, yeah. He, he they go out on the town for the day, and they come home at night. That's the day. That's the montage. It's a fucking day, guys. That's a hell of a day. No wonder she fell in love, man. That's a great time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then they try and bang, and then he has the cold shower. I think this happens over the course of three fucking days. Look, I don't want to slut shame whatsoever, but Denny, if you're in a situation where you feel like you keep getting with the wrong guys, maybe give it more than three days. In any circumstance. Maybe she saw just, something in Kaz. Maybe she just saw it out there. She finally She's like, saw you're it. pathetic like me. We're yeah, both let's, pa- let's be pathetic together. That's not codependency at all. Not at all. That's very secure. Speaking of pathetic, while we're on that particular word, man, after 30 to 40 minutes of shadowy creatures going out the window... <laughs> The first time oh, we goes, see this transformation, bingo, and yeah, oh, it's it's that's, so that's underwhelming. What I'm about. That's what Kyle's talking about. Is it yeah. like it? It is the exact wrong vibe. Yeah, yes. he, he's he, he's cracking wise to her in demon costume, and I'm like, why? Yeah, What's like, the thought process? Yeah, he's here? like, I just gotta let it run its course, baby. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Now it does say here that they. <laughs> 
I love that this was their fear. Is it says according to the Wikipedia to distinguish my demon lover from a werewolf movie. Valentine's character was written to change into different forms. That's the that's the wrong choice. <laughs> that's, the, that's the wrong choice. You know what the answer was? Don't give him hair. Yeah, like that's or, the, you know you don't have to be like take oh here's five different with, versions. How does of that him? work? That his like is his hair just a fucking is wig it a, at, a all wig at all times? Yeah, exactly. Like that's. Because Scott Valentine's hair is absolutely majestic in here. Um, I mean, it's honestly, gorgeous. in the relationship really between is. him and Denny, his hair looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. was batting absolutely. out of her. I mean, maybe that's punching, why Denny she was fell not in punching love. her weight. Yeah, she yeah. was like, "Look yeah, at that yeah, hair. Too. Look at that. I mean, look at that handsome face. He's like just got these kind eyes, even though he groped me the first fucking day we met." You know. Also, what I just—I can't believe you read that, dude. I—I'm so flabbergasted that that was the answer to making it not a werewolf movie. It's not—it's—I just said werewolf like I'm Matt Kelly here, but I—I'm um, <laughs> werewolf. But it's catching. Like I—I don't remember a moon, like a full moon-ish type thing. I think maybe they should showed it once. But if this takes place over three, four days then there's no problems. Like there's no. Werewolf I think that the idea that is like it's a about. werewolf analog because it's an outside force that is making him change and he can't control it but who was gonna watch this movie who was gonna watch a movie called my demon lover and be Mm -hmm. confused on if he's a werewolf (laughs) well no so now so okay no scott has a good point though because now because now you know, we also have the guy on the street who has, the, who's, you know, the psychic who has the trunk and the tarot and he opens the, the, the contraption and the the crystal ball is a doorknob, which I thought was, I laughed out loud at that. That was, yeah, that was that pretty was funny a little bit. But like, no, so we do have the, the Wolfman beats a little bit yeah. here. Yeah, so, I mean, I understand that a little bit more, yeah, but Yeah, my werewolf dumb. lover I would much rather watch. Um, <laughs> I would, We've yeah, seen yeah, that yeah. movie, Matt. Yeah, it's called My Mom's a Werewolf. <laughs> yep, it is. <laughs> Um, so, uh, speaking of the speaking of the the street psychic, probably the part that I laughed the hardest at because I love I love a circumstance where like all these characters just happen to be in the same place at once. Just the absurdity in New York City. Yeah, in New York City, <laughs> the absurdity that there's this like car chase with with Sonia and yeah. Chaz Charles. on top of the car, and the police have just arrested Street Psychic and they're trying to run this car him. off the road and he just like pops out the window and is like yelling advice to Chaz on how and to handle also, the situation. where the fuck did that castle come from? In the middle of Central Park. Yeah. Or where? <laughs> they're in Greenwich <laughs> I've Village. I've never seen how, that. Okay. Also, there are not one, not two, but three demonically possessed men with the same curse at the same time in Greenwich Listen. Village. Listen. That gal got around. <laughs> That's what that Sammy Hagar song was about from Footloose. <laughs> you know, we really we've been we've been kind of bouncing around a lot, and I gotta tell you guys, the Intimate Strangers song. That's the like the the intro and outro song for this movie. It's it kind of great. <laughs> it's a banger, and it's not just in this movie. It also resurfaced a year later in Night of the Creeps. Well, oh. listen. They had to get their you, money's worth, you know. When this one, when this one tanks as hard as it does, you have to be did like, Rob Look, Shea, we got it. Did Rob Shea produce that movie too? Probably. Mm-hmm. Night of the Night of the Creeps. Night of the Creeps. Yeah. I don't think he did. Just there has to be some connection that we may never know. Um, but that I found that to be the most interesting part of this movie. Um, I also watched <laughs> the music video. The music video legitimately gives away the every plot point and surprise in My Demon Lover, uh, which is hilarious because early on it shows Kaz turning into a demon and they even have like little beats where the music goes down and the 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 music or I mean the um the the speaking in the movie from the clip is loud like when he show when he fully turns into a demon he goes bingo and he pokes her nose he boops her nose that's like right in this really inopportune spot in the music video but then <laughs> so it shows that and then it shows yeah. Charles with the rubber hand which makes no sense why does he have a rubber hand when he is also a demon and then it shows him as as blowing that like ice air or whatever at Kaz on the top of the castle. It shows the entire movie. And I'm like, 
you're not actually getting butts in seats by no. giving away all like all of the quirky, somewhat interesting parts of this movie. Like, well, here's, as bad okay, as this movie so is, it still has some surprises there. You know. So real quick, I found the Bandcamp, the official Bandcamp for Intimate Strangers. Nice. They only released two albums in their career. Their debut album in 1986 and their follow-up album in 2014. Wow. Right, which is why they have Bandcamp. Yeah, yes, which is why they're yeah. on Bandcamp. <laughs> now, their debut album came out in 1986, and Let Go is the opening track on it. Of course so it, was. it wasn't written for either film. No. But on their Bandcamp, they absolutely say, hey, check out this video for Let Go that was featured in the classic movie Night of the Creeps. They are not. They are not pimping out. <laughs> not my demon lover, no. which yeah, is no, much no. more heavily utilized in this movie. It's the intro montage where you know people are walking down the <laughs> well, street. They, it's even better. The link is to the music video with That's all the clips from my demon lover. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's only in the background in a dance scene in Night of the Creeps. Right. It's just that Night of the right. Creeps is in a the much in more the frat party. Movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! I remember watching Night of the Creeps and being like, dude. I wish frat parties were like this. It's like the big wide shot of like the whole like it, it looked like a dance hall more than a frat house. But I was like, damn, like this rules. College is sick. Get me a dino sippy cup filled with Jaeger and get me to that party. Mm-hmm. Let me out on that dance floor, baby. <laughs> Dear Lord. Um, but yeah, the most unshocking twist of the whole movie is the Bangler not being Scott Valentine, but in fact being Charles the man who's been obsessively trying to go on a date with Denny, with Denny really says something about your rom-com where the way that the hero saves the female lead is by fucking her friend in front of her. Very it's fucking super strange. helpful. Like it's, He's yeah. like, baby, it meant nothing. It was just to save you. I was being selfless. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and look, it worked. And they just move on from that. I was like, yeah. dear Lord, this movie it is It felt like they weird. went to go bang immediately. And I'm like, I hope he showers. Obviously, her past relationships do not give her the red flag that this is a problem, especially when he's like, yeah, but I saved your life. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 I wish them all, I wish them the best. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. Are you a fan of young adult novels? Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels? Then join author Eric J. Brown and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK. Available on all podcasting apps. Woo! The star of this movie, the actress who plays Denny, really weird career, like following it, where it's like, after this, she was in the TV movie, The Return of the Shaggy Dog. She was in an episode oh. of Facts of Life. And then, like, 
kind of nothing until 95 when she was in Apollo 13 and then promptly retired from acting. <laughs> so, oh, like, hey, okay. And on Very, a high note. Yeah, really strange career. Kyle, this was a strange pick. What yes. would you watch as your double feature to possibly save the night? So I, I, I have a bunch of options, and none of them are saving the night by any means. But let's just go with what we've talked about on the show before. Uh, I think it feels good. Oh, no. Totally is relevant. Girlfriend from hell. Oh, okay. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay fine. That, that's, Ooh, okay. I was, I, that's a big relief for me. Okay. Um, this would save the night for me. It would probably save the night for my brother. I think it would save the night for Kyle. Scott would leave I would hate in the it. middle of the I screening. I know exactly what you're going to say. I'm going to go with what I think is a much better rom-com that has a serial killer in the background and watch So I Married an Axe Murderer yep. with Mike Myers. I know you <laughs> too well. Ugh. Wow. No, I would hate it. Um I'm going to go with Tammy and the T-Rex because Ooh, it's, that's it's the winner. Wow. Beauty and the Beast, man. That's what it is. But, <laughs> you know, incredible. The, the prosthetics made me really want to ruin the night by following up my demon lover with little monsters because they're oh. both insufferable. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think there has been a movie in all of the years of horror movie night that stock dropped as much in my mind as when we watched Little Monsters because like that was a movie that I remembered from childhood it, it had scared me as a kid yeah, but me like too. I had very visceral re- and like, then I okay. remember watching it and I was like god this is an insufferable movie so I so scary. I have I've not rewatched it and I have this I what you're describing is how I feel about it I'm like oh no this I I was scared of it. I rented it a lot. I don't remember it clearly so, at all. So, so here's the. Th- do here's, I need to do? I need you yes, should. Yes. I think you should yes. because okay. here's the and thing. Tell us the how stuff, bad it is. The yeah. stuff yeah. that scared you as a kid, I think, actually still holds up as like a fucked up, scary thing to put in a kids sure. movie. For a kids movie, yeah. The problem of the movie to me is that the whole film, Howie Mandel is doing a second-rate Beetlejuice impression. Yeah. Mm. And it is just, it brings everything. You're like, this is bad. Like, this is a bad Beetlejuice impression. Even in his voice. Like, he doesn't talk like Howie Mandel. He's like, hey, what's up, kid? Like, he's like doing that voice the whole time. You're like, this is tough. This is a tough watch. Um, But you know what? Some people like little monsters. I know that whenever I go to Creature Feature Weekend, there's all types of little monsters running around in their nice. cosplay because it's a family-friendly event on April 19th to the 21st, and we're going to be there. So come by, say hi and hello. I think we're going to be doing some type of live thing uh, that Friday night. You can find out all the information before almost anybody else when you go to the Patreon, patreon.com backslash HMN podcast, because you'll be in our Slack chat and you'll be getting a newsletter. So you'll know all the cool stuff going on. And when you show up at the convention, if you don't want to buy a shirt right there on the floor, you can get a shirt in advance by going to HMNpodcast.com so that you're already ready for the convention. But that's not all that we've got going on in our lives, because Kyle... You've got a documentary coming out that you want to talk about. Yes. So it's it, it's been five years in the making, this documentary. Um, it is about Tim Landers, who is the songwriter and guitarist of uh, most most famously the band called Transit. Um, you know, really big in the pop punk emo scene in uh, the years uh, escape me, maybe the late 2000s, early 2000s. Uh, or, or early um, 2010s, early rather. Uh, early aughts, thank you. Um, and it's a documentary about uh, his life and legacy. He, um, uh, the director, Bill Fulkerson, is a close friend of his and and was making a documentary about Tim, who was in recovery and sober from an uh, opioid, over, um, excuse me, opioid addiction. And he was getting back into music. He was overcoming that and working on that you know that addiction had caused uh big rifts in all of his bands particularly in transit uh but then in all the bands that he tried to uh form afterwards and then successfully put out music but then you know it was just a it was a lifelong addiction 
and uh, unfortunately he had passed um, at the time that Bill was gearing up to make this documentary about recovery and he passed due to an overdose Um, so this documentary is about his life and legacy but also a representation of um, a crisis in this country that is unfortunately I feel like everybody has somebody in their life who uh, is dealing with this um, you know somebody who is it doesn't matter like the, their range of talent doesn't necessarily matter right but it's somebody who you give a shit about is struggling with this uh, out in the world and so it was a very difficult documentary to make uh, you know we had rate we had started um, just after his death and then the pandemic happened uh, so it was postponed for a while and we just sort of kept waiting for the world because the rest of it was we had raised money to travel and interview other people around the country and then we put that on pause and we just kept waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting until the world opened up and we had to adapt but independent filmmakers it takes a little bit longer to adapt because you don't have uh you know all you don't have any backing you don't have any support it's just all on your shoulders so um this took a long time to make we had just we've just hosted a um friends and family and campaign backers screening uh, up here in Massachusetts. Uh, and so m- my hope is there's a trailer that you can watch. If not, there will be soon. Uh, and this film will be going out um, onto the festival circuit and then hopefully uh, onto your screens here sometime this year. But uh, it's called Don't Forget to Leave, uh, which was one of the last songs that Tim had put out uh, with his band Cold Collective. Um, and if uh, even if that music doesn't necessarily interest you, I hope you check it out. Um, you know, it was a, it was a big, big labor of love for both Bill and I, and um, I, I hope you, uh, I hope you dig it. Kyle, you're not done just yet because you picked this, so you also need to tell us, you know, what are you uh, watching, reading, etc. Carly and I, 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 I think I've said this on the show before, but uh, even before my son was born, Carly and I were like, we're gonna watch all the Disney oh, yeah. release mm-hmm. studio yeah. movies that are available to us. That comes back into our lives every once in a while when we're like, what do we want to watch? Oh, we can choose something to watch. Do we want to watch something new? No. And then we watch an old Disney movie. We, we are caught up. Um, we, have, we, we did not finish the Shaggy DA, but let me tell you, that movie is fucking wild. Uh, we went right into, we, we, we used our rule, which is like after 30 minutes, we can make a decision to continue on or stop it. A lot of the movies in this time frame and era are like a 30 minutes and let's move on situation. Yeah. Like we get the gist and we don't need to see the end of it. Wait, is Freaky this... Friday is not that. Freaky Friday is very fun. Jodie Foster is great as sort of like a, a tomboyish teenager who like is just a, you know, is just a mess and is not getting along with her mom. And it's, but it's, you know, it's hard not for me to compare it to, you know, the, the remake, the 2000s remake with Lohan and Jamie Lee Curtis, right? Like, that's uh, that's sort of like a milestone for me uh, as far as those types of movies go. But the, the way that they portray a mother-daughter relationship and then what happens when you swap that and there's like this sort of arc of like I'm going to show her and then like, oh my god, life is really hard. You know, there's there's much more of a of a light-handed version of that but also like a like a farce you know like the mom has to do all these house chores and you know the jody you know jody foster acting as her mom can't do these things and it's uh you know the house cleaners come over the repair person comes over her neighbor comes over and she has this one scene where she is just overwhelmed with these people coming through and she does not know how to handle it um it's just I, i barbara harris plays the mom and she's just so, so funny. I don't think she went on. She did a ton before this, and then she didn't do a lot afterwards. And it's um, for whatever reason. I don't. I don't know. I didn't look too much into it. I was just looking at the dates. But like, she really plays this incredible stuck-up house mom, and then a teenager version of what a teenager thinks her mom does. Right? Yeah. Like when they're away at school all day, what does the stay-at-home mom do? Uh, and it's I, I, it's just real, it's really a lot of fun. Uh, I, we enjoyed watching uh, Freaky Friday. All right, I, I have to interject real quick though. Mm-hmm. Now I understand you stopped the Shaggy Da thirty minutes in, 
But please yeah. tell me you at least got when he sucker punches somebody as a dog. <laughs> oh, I mean, we actually, I think we fast forwarded to that part because I knew that that was <laughs> like, that was it is incredible. one of the greatest film moments in history. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, right. And there's honestly, that movie has a lot of fun transformations. There's some good like human to dog. But it's not a werewolf that. movie. It's not a no, werewolf not a movie because it's, it's a demon movie. It's different forms. <laughs> Um, yeah. so my DA lover. So, uh, my, yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm going to be real quick on this. I, I finished reading uh, a great book. It's a great memoir. Uh, I'm like four years behind the rest of the world. Uh, but I finally read cruelly, uh, yours cruelly, yeah. uh, by Cassanderson Peter. Uh, oh my God. Cassandra Peterson. <laughs> you did so um, well with my, with the word demon that it's all kind of back to I was focusing too you hard. You, you did great yeah. job. I'm very proud of you for this episode, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's great. It's a fascinating story. Um, I think my biggest complaint about the book, and it is like barely a complaint, but I was just like, my God, it's like 170 pages before Elvira becomes... A character that she's like she really hangs out in the in the pre Elvira days. Yeah, yeah, in that book. But maybe she but just thought that, that, that people knew enough about Elvira that they wanted. Yeah, she wanted. To no, it's her. all it's all interesting and fascinating. The the whole like the story of the the Elvira beer era is awesome. Mm-hmm. Like I was like I think I told so many people that story <laughs> after reading it where I'm like this is crazy. <laughs> like everything about this is crazy. <laughs> Um, but that's that's all I've got. Uh, Scott, take us home, um, baby. So I just want to alert the world that um, Alkaline Tree has a new record out. It's called Blood, Hair, and Ooh. Eyeballs. Um, and Ooh. it's good. It's uh, Yay. not the best thing I've ever heard from them, but it is for someone who has been listening to them for a long time. I realize that I've been listening to them for like 23 five years at this point which is fucking crazy um it's just they're just one of those bands that like eat they're like pizza even when it's not great it's still fun and like you know like yeah. I, your review <laughs> i'm going to just say right here your review for alkaline trio just like change it to green day saviors and same it's my fucking for thing green day okay because <laughs> green day saviors has one amazing song on it What's your amazing uh, it's song? The, on it? the the boyfriend song. Um, it's it's. Oh my god! It's so good, Bobby yeah, Sock. It's literally it's a fifties song. Incredible. Um, I I could yep. just I could do a, a punkos fifties on that song. Yep. It's so good. That that and dilemma I think are the standout tracks on that album. And the rest of it's fine. It's all. It's a oh, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be your dilemma. Cool. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I, the worst song on it. I don't even remember what it was. I just turned to Megan because we were cooking and listening to it for the first time through whenever it felt like came out like last Friday, whatever. Um, And uh, I was like, this sounds like the songs I didn't give a shit about on warning. Like that's, that's the worst thing I can say. You know, like it's, that's not even a a negative, you know? Yeah, I re-listened to Warning, and I was like, man, this is still in my top I three. I hated Warning. such a good album. Out. Literally, yeah. Church on Sunday and Castaway are the only songs that I like on that record. See, and now I'm all about Waiting and Minority and fucking Misery, and all those songs are great. Um, I will – look, I'll do a quick humble brag. I got to hear the first ever yeah. live performance of Bobby Sox you, uh, going to the record release show. That was a crazy circumstance. The craziest circumstance was – how many friends of mine who love Green Day, who weren't at the show, who were, I guess, just updating Setlist FM in real time to see what the Setlist would be? Because no more than five minutes after they played Stewart in the Avenue, I got two separate text messages from two separate people being like, I can't believe you got to hear Stuart in the Avenue live. They've only played it 13 times ever. That's so weird <laughs> that people like... know the, the number. But, I, you know, this resurgence for Green Day is awesome because I've never had bad feelings about Green Day. I've just been indifferent about them for a long time, pretty much since yeah. American Idiot came out. I liked you know some stuff in between but they, i think they've got good songs on every do. album there's never been an album where i'm like this is pure trash every throw all of it out no like, i'm just saying that i was indifferent but i just i it's amazing that it's the same three guys for 30 plus years you know like just playing 
having fun, being wholesome, you know, like well, that's, it's amazing. That's the thing. So Chris, Chris Ophelios, we did a, an album review as a bonus episode on One Hit Thunder. And he asked me, he goes, I have this theory that any artist that gets to the point that they are that they are officially like an arena rock band selling out arenas, that they are basically incapable of writing songs that the everyday person can relate to because they've hit like a level of superstardom mm-hmm. that like makes them unrelatable. And I said, I mostly agree with you, but I think Green Day is the one exception. And the reason I think they're the one exception is that they put in so much work to do like small basement yeah. shows under fake names and like like they really want to like I think I said something along the lines of no matter how big famous and rich they get they are still at their core the 15 year old kids playing at Gilman Street mm-hmm. like like they've mm-hmm. never lost that drive yeah. of just like this is what I love to do mm-hmm. so I think that that's why they're like the one exception where it's like I just always want them s- to succeed and also finally seeing them live for the first time in a 500 there is no other room it's Crazy! I'm so impressed. Five hundred person room, unreal. But like, there are no, there is no other band in this world that I can think of that is composed of three people who are all just effortlessly cool. Yeah, like they. I mean, there's like one's their last name. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, like, literally, like Mike. Mike, Billy, and Trey have to do absolutely nothing but play cool, play music, and you're just like, God damn, those guys are cool. <laughs> like you're just like so drawn to their charisma as humans, but also that they seem all three of them seem like dudes that if you like bumped into them backstage or whatever, that they'd just be totally down to have a chat. Like none of them seem like egomatic and like hiding in their like literally before the show, we're just sitting there. And all of a sudden, we just hear a guy being like, you guys ready to rock or what? And we look, and Mike is just, like, up in the balcony seats with everybody else, like, waving to us down at the bottom. Like, I was like, he doesn't have to do that. He has no reason to have to do that. He doesn't. And they also don't ever have to – they don't have to write music. They don't have to play shows. They could go just live off of royalties. They could. I told Megan that. For the rest of their life. I know, but it's just – it's crazy that they are just these guys. Mm-hmm. I think the other insane thing, and then we'll get off the Green Day yeah. topic a little bit. But the other, the other thing is like, I saw them in a small show. They played for an hour and a half, and there were still so many hits that they didn't yeah. play in that time. Like even playing in an hour and a half, we didn't hear "Know Your Enemy," we didn't hear "Time of Your Life," we Thank didn't goodness. hear "When I Come Around," we didn't hear "Hitching a Ride," we didn't hear "Nice Guys Finish Last." Like those are, we didn't hear "Wake Me Up When September Ends." Like we yes. didn't hear. Yeah. so many massive songs because they have so many yeah. hits like they're like fuck it no one's going to be upset if we don't play time of your life or when i come around tonight because we're going to play yeah. these two songs that they never get to hear live and you they're going to like, leave that show pit. upset That's, there's no way you could leave that show i was upset. nervous i like i said i was yeah. nervous when it started with seven new songs well, i was Matt, like that's oh, your no. middle name that's not your that's not your fault <laughs> That's <laughs> not your fault. I was like, but I did get tri- when they when they hit the stage and they played American Idiot, which isn't even a song I like that much by them. Like, but I started to get choked up because I'm like, this isn't like I think it was in that exact moment I realized how cool the experience was that I was having because it well, was yeah. just a, yeah. they barely sang that song. That crowd screamed every yeah. lyric to that song, and I was like, this is the most insane thing I think I've ever got to experience. How is this better than Punchline and Five Iron Frenzy shows? I'll never know, but it it was. It was better than those bands I'd seen 15 times. Um, But yeah, uh, so would you rank Saviors of the Alkaline Trio, like if you had to put one above the other? Re-listenability? Yeah. I mean, I would probably say Alkaline Trio because I'm a bigger trio fan. You know, like yeah. I love I mean, Green fair. Day's material. Like, I, again, I, I, I'm not mad if someone were to sit me down and make me listen to their entire discography. But I just have a closer relationship with Alkaline Trio. And also, like, it's they've had a better post hit track record, I think, too. Like, is this thing cursed was also a dude, really that's good the problem album. is that is this thing cursed was so good that I did not expect the follow up to be at like anywhere near and it's like there are are some shining songs like i think that the title track is really good i think that there are like four great songs that i'll come back to but this kind of ranks more along the lines of like it feels like good morning and i know that good morning is most people's favorite record by them but it's one of my least favorite alkaline trio records actually um it's just not my style maybe it's more like crimson because i think that good morning is better than crimson um 
you okay. know, but I, I there's stuff on Crimson that I absolutely love. There's stuff on Blood, Sweat, and Blood, Hair, and Eyeballs that I also think is really, really good. So um, I would recommend both of those records to people. I would recommend the new Green Day and the new um, Trio record. And I mean, I know that we spent a lot of time talking about Green Day, but this is actually the day. This is the day. Well, yesterday was V-Day. Um, this is the day that you say, baby, the I'm D. sorry, I forgot about V-Day. Let's watch Demon Lover. <laughs> Let's watch Demon Lover. Um, but hey, man, we're going to have a good day, bad day, whatever kind of day, every single day here at Horror Movie Night. So go ahead and wait. So hit subscribe. First of all, if you're listening to this, this is your first episode, you're a deep my demon lover fan and you've stumbled <laughs> upon us hit subscribe Bert, if you came back because you saw that we did my demon guys lover, yeah. intimate strangers make sure you actually welcome to the show yeah 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 listen <laughs> hit subscribe and uh we'll be back next week with even more content What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.